Come on, come on, make some noise this morning. Man, love, love the crowd. You look good, you sounded good in worship. So good you couldn't hear me sing. That's a really good thing for everybody around. Uh, we're honored to have you today. Thank you for being with us. Uh, right off the beginning, I'm going to let you know, uh, we are going to go back into worship at the end of the message today uh, as a response in faith. Uh, to what God is doing and, and who he is uh, to us. And so uh, don't want you to get, I, I just wanted you to know what, what's going on. We're changing up the order a little bit. I'm honored to have you. Thank you so much. Uh, I heard Christy just a minute ago talking about FIRM, uh, Fellowship of Israel Related Ministries. And we've been partners with them for a couple of years now. Uh, I've had the opportunity to go and meet Wayne Hillsden and uh, his team out in that area a couple times. And uh, man, I'm just honored that we get to be a part of a ministry uh, that reaches Israel and, and, and overseas. Like, I love doing that stuff. And, and so, uh, man, the fact that they raised uh, $2 million uh, to give to ministries this year uh, and, and bless them to reach people in, Je in Israel uh, for Jesus was a big deal. Uh, thank you for being here. Hey, we're in week three of a series called Walk It Out. And here's the idea of the series, right? The idea is actually really simple. How do we walk out our faith? And the purpose God has given us in our world today. How do we live out our lives? How do we walk out our faith? Because I, I think we're at a crossroads uh, with faith and believers and followers of Jesus to where we have to decide if we're going to be passive Christians or if we're actually going to be active Christians, where we're going to walk it out or where we're not. And so we're looking at what that means and what we're really doing is we've taken a long look over the past couple of weeks uh, with the Apostle Paul. We've looked at the Apostle Paul. We've looked at, his, at some of his letters to the church in Ephesus and Corinth and Galatia and Colossae. And uh, we've looked at his life and what that means. So uh, the first week, we looked at the life of Paul, what he had been through, and what he when he gave a challenge of basically, I'm begging you to walk out your faith. I'm begging you to have a faith that is real, that you walk out every day. Uh, and then last week, we talked about worship and how worship is absolutely what we just experienced. It is a moment of singing and lifting our hands as a corporate body. Uh, it is absolutely that. But worship is the way we live our lifestyle. It's the way we treat others. It's the way we love God, love others. I like to say it like this. This is my new phrase lately. Uh, we enjoy doing this, loving God, loving others, and having fun doing it. You know what I'm saying? I think it should just be that easy, to be honest with you. And, um, and so if you missed either of those two weeks, I encourage you to go back uh, to our podcast, our, our YouTube, our website, social media, whatever. Find it and, and catch up. But this week, uh, we're going to hang out in Hebrews chapter 11. Uh, if you want to go ahead and turn in your Bibles or begin taking notes, Hebrews chapter 11. And we're going to talk about the issue and the idea of faith. Forward faith. What is faith? Um, can I tell you this? You're not going to be able to walk out of faith with God if you don't have faith. You're not going to be able to walk it out. You have to have faith to walk out your purpose from God in this life. Have you ever heard this phrase? Maybe you've said it. Maybe you said it today. I don't know. Um, but I hear it all the time, and we kind of conditioned ourselves uh, to live by this phrase. And it says, I'll believe it when I what? Yeah, you know the phrase. You know, I'm not the only one. Um, we've conditioned ourselves to say, I believe it when I see it. And we especially repeat that phrase or live by that phrase when there's, when there's an apology or when something goes wrong. It's like, yeah, I'll believe it when I see it. Or maybe you've grown hard toward a situation. 
And somebody's like, oh, it'll change. Yeah, I'll believe that when I see it. You know what I'm saying? Like in my house, uh, an apology is necessary, but we also say apology is not a phrase, it's an action. We believe repentance, right? And biblically, repentance is turning from something, not going, oh, my bad, God, forgive me while I do it again. Okay, all right, like <laughs> 10 of you got it. Um, it is the ability to go, hey, I messed up, my bad, I'm sorry, forgive me, I'm going to go in a different direction. I'm going to go somewhere else. And we talked to our kids about that. Like, hey, I know you're sorry, I get it. I know you're sorry, but if you're sorry for what you did and not because you got caught, then we'll change what we did, right? And so we'll do it. It doesn't mean you won't ever do it again. It just means we're going to make a conscious effort to try not to do it again. So we don't have to continue having that conversation. But I'll believe it when I see it. I believe in society and as people, we've kind of conditioned ourselves as humans to live that way. It's honestly the phrase that skepticism, I think, is born out of a lot of times, or maybe the phrase is born out of skepticism, but it, it, it creates skepticism. It creates this moment where it's like, yeah, right. You know what I'm saying? Like, you believe something, but uh, I'll really believe it when I see it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm skeptical. Some of us, here's the truth, some of you are skeptical that God can do what he says he's going to do in your life. You're skeptical. You'll believe it when you see it, right? I'll believe God can heal when I see him heal somebody. How many of you know that whether he does it in your life or not doesn't mean he can't do it? You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't provide, I don't pay your bills, and I don't buy groceries for your house, but it doesn't mean I can't do it. It just means I don't do it for you, but I do it for my kids. Okay, you, is anybody in here today? Just because he can't, doesn't for you doesn't mean he can't. You know, some of us are like, I'll believe he can heal. I'll believe he can change my marriage when I see it. I'll, I'll believe that uh, I'll become a better husband when I see my wife become a better wife. I'll believe it when I see it. I'm skeptical until. And how many of you know that that phrase has nothing to do with faith, but it has everything to do with proof? And the problem is, is many of us wait to trust and worship God until we have truth. Until, or proof, I'm sorry. Until we have proof, until we have evidence. Hey God, I'll worship you when... Hey, God, I'll be generous when? When you tell me how you'll replace that paycheck, then I'll write that check. I'll, I'll, when you tell me how you'll reward me on the other side, then I will. You see what I'm saying? We got to have the proof before we have the faith. And then when we have the proof, we have the faith. But you can't have proof and faith at the same time. Faith is forward thinking. And some of us in life, many of us, many Christians in life, many of us, and I'm including me in this entire topic today, Many of us in life have dropped our faith. We've dropped it. We had a firm grip on it. We came to Jesus. We gave him our life. We prayed the prayer of salvation. We chose to begin attending church. We started studying the Bible. We learned about the character of God. We started diving into theology. We got real passionate about God. And then life started to happen. And then I prayed and I asked for a promotion and it never came. And I prayed and I asked for God to heal me, but it never took place. And I prayed, and I asked for this, and this took place, and that took place. And all these things happened. And over time, the more things that happened, the more I lost my grip on faith. And at some point in life, faith dropped at my feet, and I never picked it back up. Instead, I picked up proof. And so now I'll have faith when I have proof. But can I tell you, I can't worship proof. I worship in faith. I worship in faith. I worship knowing who God is no matter what I see. I believe 
Biblically, the opposite and enemy of faith is sight. Because many of us believe what we see way more than what God said. And the problem is, is what we don't understand. Watch this. We won't withstand. And so if I don't understand it, I throw it away. I get rid of it. But the Bible clearly tells us that his ways are higher than mine and his thoughts are greater than mine. If his ways and thoughts are greater and higher than mine, then why should I, a human on this earth that only has a finite amount of time and a finite amount, about a, a, a bit of understanding in my mind, why should I be able to understand that of a holy God? Well, God's not real because I can't understand him. No, that might mean that he actually is real. Come on. Are you... We, we like to be active here at Radiate Church. See, y'all got to help me today. And so we're in this thing with faith, and for many of us, we dropped our faith, but I want us to pick it up today. And I want to look at a definition of faith in Hebrews chapter 11, verse, uh, I mean, chapter, yeah, chapter 11, verses 1 through 6, and it gives us a working definition and then some examples of what faith actually is, what, what a working faith looks like. Now, before we jump into it, I want to give you some history and backstory because I think it's important to know what we're reading, who we're reading it from, and who we're reading it to. Hebrews, we actually don't exactly know who wrote Hebrews. Many theologians, most theologians believe the Apostle Paul wrote Hebrews, but we're not 100% sure on that. We're not even 100% sure who it was written to, but through the context of the book and what uh, uh, the things that it talks about, it, it, we can do or, or come to a place to where we understand it was probably written to Jewish Christians in persecution. Now, in persecution is an important thing to remember when we read what we're about to read. Because he's going to give us, watch this, let's, let's put it in the layman's terms. He's going to give a definition of faith to people that are persecuted for their faith. He's going to look at people, you know, the Old Testament story of getting thrown in a lion's den for your faith, that's the persecution I'm talking about. I'm not talking about somebody getting on Facebook and talking about you. I'm not talking about somebody cutting eyes at you in the lobby at church today. I'm talking about, and hopefully that doesn't happen here, and if it does, let me know, I'll clothesline them, but <laughs> not really, I'm not that guy. Um, I'll get somebody else to do it. Uh, I'm not big enough. <laughs> I'm talking about you could die for your faith. I'm talking about he's looking at people who could be beheaded for what they believe and saying this is the type of faith you can have. Watch this, in verse 1 through 6, if chapter 11 says this, now faith is the assurance of things, what? Hoped for. I'm hoping for a lot of things in my life. I know what God has shown me Radiate Church can be. I know the vision I have for this church that right now you may look around and, and, and throughout three services today, I'm going to see hundreds and hundreds of people. I'm going to get a report from Florence of close to 100 people that are going to show up in there and worship's going to happen and hopefully people have given their lives to the Lord and he's impacted their lives. But that's not what I see when I prepare for Radiate Church. I see thousands of people in a lot of locations coming to know Jesus in a very personal way and then going out and impacting their community with the love of Jesus because he He's impacted their life with the love of Jesus. That's what I see, like thousands of people, right? That's what I see. And the truth is, is I'm hoping for that. I'm hoping God uses me in that way. I believe he's spoken to me and he's gonna prepare me for that. I'm walking in faith. You have hopes for your family. Maybe you have hopes for your job. Maybe you have hopes for yourself. Maybe you have hopes that when your kid gets out of daycare, you got a brand new truck waiting on the way because you get that truck payment back, praise God. <laughs> you get what I'm saying though, you're hoping. 
He says it's the assurance or the, 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 the truth, the grounding of things I'm hoping for. And watch this. Um, but um, let's go. But the conviction of things, what? Not seen. The enemy of faith is what you see. Because most of the times we will worship what's around us rather than the one who's within us. And I don't mean like you're, you'll bow down and be like, oh, yes, problems. I worship you, problems. But we do it by giving it all of our attention. It keeps us up at night. It keeps me from being intimate with my spouse. It keeps me from being the, 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 the parent I should be, the follower of Jesus. It takes away time from God. Do you see where I begin to worship problems rather than God? And he continues going, he says, For by it the men of old gained approval, or in literal translation, the men of old gained their reputation. They were not known by what, how they preached. They were not known by the amount of money. They were not known by the, all these things. They were known by what they hoped for that had not yet been seen. Their reputation was built on the fact that they knew God spoke and they knew what God could do and they would stand by that every day of the week. Let that be my reputation, God. Let that be me when my days are over on this earth. Let people say that was a man of faith. That was a man that believed what nobody else saw. That was a man that chased things that were ridiculous in our eyes, but that were possible in God's. It says men of old gained that reputation. Let's keep reading. It gives us examples of what it looks like. By faith, we understand that the worlds were prepared by the word of God so that what is seen was not made out of things which are visible. By faith, Abel offered God a better sacrifice than Cain through which he obtained the testimony that he was righteous. God testifying about his gifts, and through faith, though he is dead, he still speaks. That's faith. The assurance of things hoped for, but I can't see it. Verse 5, by faith Enoch was taken up so that he would not see death, and he was not found because God took him up. For he obtained the witness that before his being taken up, he was pleasing to God. That was his witness, that was his reputation, that was his approval. Verse 6, and without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who seek him. What a, what a phrase about faith. Faith is the ability to chase things that God said. And I actually love the scriptures because if you really want to put scripture together and biblical truths together, there's usually another verse that connects to the verse that you're reading that connects to another verse, and you've got to go seeking this stuff out. And it's interesting to me, the definition of faith here, and then in Ephesians 6, there's this portion of scripture that is about the armor of God. Maybe you've heard about the armor of God. Maybe you've studied the armor of God. There's a ton of theological study that could go into that that is great. But it talks about one piece of the armor of God is the shield of, you guessed it, faith. The shield of faith. And it says this. I love this. Because we saw what, 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 what faith looked like. Now what does faith do? Well, Ephesians 6 teaches us, and it says the shield of faith defends you against every flaming arrow of the enemy. See, we think faith is to get us through hard times. Faith is not to get us through hard times. Faith is to protect us from attacks of the enemy. Some of us want to know, why does every time somebody says something cross to me, why does it offend me? Why do I care so much what people think about me on social media? 
why can't somebody call me up on, my, on, on being a better follower of Jesus or husband or wife or friend or whatever it is? Why can't somebody call me up without me getting dishonoring and mad about it? Why, why does everything seem to bother me so much I can't spend time? We ask these questions, and watch this. It's because every arrow hits us because we dropped our faith. The, 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 the faith shield, the shield of faith is laying on the ground at our feet and the enemy's just having a heyday using us as a bullseye. And he's going, I got you. I'm gonna put discouragement, depression, anxiety, pain, hurt, bitterness, anger, frustration, doubt, skepticism, negativity, victim mentality. I'm gonna shoot them all at you because you ain't got nothing to stop it anyway. See, faith is the thing that doesn't get us through hard times. Faith is the thing that shuts down the enemy in your life. That's what faith does. And then Ephesians 6 tells us that. And watch this. So we know what faith looks like through Hebrews 11. We know what faith does through, um, through Ephesians 6. And now watch this. We can see how faith works in Romans 8, 28. It's a verse that a lot of us like to quote when we go through a tough time because it gives us faith. It gives us hope. Here's what it says. It says, and we know that God causes all things. God causes all things. All things. Everything. All things. Anything. Doesn't matter. All things. He causes the unanswered prayers and the answered prayers. The, the heartaches and the celebrations, the no's and the yeses, the pain and the goodness. He causes the heartache and the heartbreak. He causes all things to what? Work together for good. For what? For good. He causes all things, everything, good and bad, to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. This is how faith works. See, faith Faith works in this way. It doesn't matter what you go through. He can still work it. Come on, somebody. It doesn't matter who you are today. He can still work it. It doesn't matter what you've been through. He can still work it. Why is it only for those who love God? Because if you don't love God and you don't believe God, he can't work in those ways anyway. Because you don't believe that he will. Faith is the prerequisite. To watch God work. I, I, I want to use a little bit of an illustration here. It's not a healthy illustration. I know, I know a lot of you guys, including me, my resolution is this year, I want to consistently eat healthier. I don't want to just get on diets and all that. I just want to consistently do better, right? But how many of you know, praise God for cheat days? <laughs> you know what I'm saying, right? Them pizzas and hamburgers, hallelujah, you know? I got a sweet tooth. I don't know if you guys are with me. I got a sweet tooth. I love chocolate. I love sweets. I love candy, right? Not too long ago, somebody brought me two big old boxes of Reese's peanut butter cups, and they are probably, they elevated their seat in heaven for that gift, right? Like, I'm just telling you. I love, I love sweets. I love dessert, right? I I love all that stuff. We had a couple in our church invite my wife and I to dinner um, this past weekend, and, and I had a A piece of chocolate cake. My God. I love brownies. Pastor Mark and his wife, Ann, sweetest couple in the world, they make the best brownies in the world. Well, let's be honest, it's Miss Ann, it's not Mark, but I love Mark, so I bring him up into it. They they bring brownies, and she tells me the recipe, and I don't believe her because I think it's just too easy. Um, But it's good. They They got icing on the top, you know. 
But if I want to make brownies, right, I got to buy the brownie mix. Now, some of you guys, I understand, right, you guys are professional cooks. You guys will make all the ingredients by hand, right? You'll, like, go out, and you'll find an olive, and you'll squeeze the olive pit and get the, the oil out of it. Like, that's you. I'm not that. I don't care. I'm a preacher and a leader. I'm not trying to be a cook, right? I don't care about the process. I want the product. Praise God. That's the part that tastes good to me. So I go, and I buy the pre-made mix. Don't judge me. I just do. And I buy the pre-made mix. And when I buy the pre-made mix, it tells me the ingredients I need. I need um, a third cup of vegetable oil. Well, because I'm healthy, I use extra virgin olive oil. And if I ain't got that, it's avocado oil. And if that, it ain't avocado oil, I spit in the cup. Anyway, we got, I'm just kidding. That's disgusting. That is disgusting. Don't do that. I need that. It says I need one egg. And by God, that's about $10 an egg now. I don't know what happened to chickens, but their feed got real expensive real fast. And so we got these eggs, right? And, 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 and cage-free is like, these are the cheapest I can find. They're cage-free. Hallelujah. And um, I need one of those. So I get my egg, and I get my oil, and then it says I need a quarter cup of water. So I get my water, and I'll measure it out. And how many of you know that I can put all these ingredients on the table? I can put a, 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 a bowl here, right, and a pan and I can put a spoon or a mixer here, and I can have an oven. But how many of you know that it doesn't really work for me to put all the ingredients in a row and go, all right, God, I got faith that these will turn into brownies. How many times is that going to work? Not a single time. God's going to be like, yeah, and I got faith. You got two hands and some energy, so let's make this happen. Because sometimes it's not about going, God, I believe you can. Sometimes it's about being, hey, God, what do you need me to do? What do you need me to do to make this happen? See, some of us are waiting on God to take away things in our life, and God's going, I've given you life groups. I've given you teams. I've given you a church. I've given you counselors. I've given you the word of God. I've given you my presence. I've given you everything you need, and you won't take none of it, and you sit in the recliner and just wait on me to do it all. And God's going, I, I know you have faith that I can do it, and I will do it. But I'm not bailing you out every time. You have to deal with some things too. And we've dropped our faith. And here's what I, what I know of the hundreds of people that will walk through the doors of Radiate Church today. Here's what I know. Every person in the room, these ingredients represent something that's happened in your life. Maybe you've been in a, in a, in a friendship or at a church and it did not go well. And you got bad experiences. And, yeah, this is what happened to me. Here, here's, how, here's how that person looked at me and said to me, and here's how it felt, and here's what I went through. And some of you, you know, your ingredient is, this is what happened to me at that last job. I prayed, and I prayed for God to give me a promotion, and they looked over me every time. I don't believe God answers prayers, because he didn't answer mine. Let me tell you about the abuse and the difficulty I went through in the last romantic relationship I was in. I'll tell you what that, let me tell you what my parents did to me. And it becomes an ingredient. And it becomes something. Well, let me tell you about that time. That person said they loved me and then I got on Facebook and they were bashing me. Let me tell you about that time that I opened up to a friend and then I opened up to another friend and they already knew about it because gossip was more important than loyalty. Let me tell you about that. And here's what happens. Everything that has happened in our lives is not to be discounted, but it is to be used. And the thing is, is we hold on to the ingredients and God's going, if you'll just give me, because all things, are you with me? Yeah. 
all things. We hold on to the ingredients and God's going, if you just give it to me, I can make something great out of it. If you just give it to me, I'll make the brown, I'll make the product, I'll make the cake, I'll make it good because all things, see, here's what faith is. Faith is not blind. Faith is not not realizing what ingredients you have. Faith is not turning a blind eye to everything that's happened to you. Faith, good or bad, faith is not looking at realism or optimism and ignoring what's happening in life. But faith is the ability to acknowledge everything that has happened and still believe the best in, in spite of everything that has happened. Faith is the ability to go, yes, this happened to me. And yes, I went through this. And yes, this was difficult. And yes, this person turned their back on me, but I can trust them again. And faith is the ability to go, all these ingredients aren't the best. And they're not like the greatest feeling thing. But here's what I do know. I know that God can work all things together for the good of those who love him. It's the ability to acknowledge the ingredients and still know that the outcome is what God wants it to be. And it's going to be good, and it's going to be great. Faith is the ability to say, God's got me, so I've got this. God's got me, so I've got this. I want to give you three quick thoughts about faith in 10 minutes, and it's actually going to happen. you got to have faith. <laughs> Number one, faith is forward thinking. Faith is forward thinking. Look at verses 1 through 2 of Hebrews chapter 11 again. Verses 1 through 2, it says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not yet seen. Faith thinks forward. Too often in life, too often in life and followers of Jesus, in life in general, we hang on to everything from our past. How many of you drove here today in reverse? And you drove here looking at your little camera, the, the camera on the back of your car or vehicle, so that you wouldn't run over anything. If you did, again, I'll say what I said a few weeks ago, we have some people that do driver training here. I can get you a good deal and hook you up. I got you. Nobody drove here in reverse. You know why? You can't go where you need to go while looking at the rear view. Man, we stare at what happened to us too much. We hold on to it because, watch this, for some of us it becomes a metal. I went through this. This happened to me. And yes, it hurts, but now it's become a pride point because you went through something and God's going, I don't want that to be a pride point. I want it to be an ingredient. I want it to be something that produces a greater outcome than what you currently are walking in. And God's going, I need the ingredients, right? And we stare at the back, at the rearview mirror. We stare out the back of our window of our car and our life too often. This is, what, this is what they said. This is what happened to me. This is what I went through. This is how difficult it was for me. And God's going, great, I'm fine with it being that difficult for how it was. But what about where you're going? How many times have we asked God, God, what do you have for me? God, what's next? God, what is my family going to get to? God, what is my, if you're a high schooler, God, what is this year in high school going to be like? What is this year in middle school going to be like? God, what is my marriage going to become? What are my kids going to become? What am I going to become? I, faith is forward thinking. Faith should force us to think ahead. Faith is, this is an easy way to think about it. Faith is living with God with our eyes closed. Do you know why most of us struggle with faith? Can I be real today? Most of us struggle with faith, not because 
We don't, uh, here's why we struggle with faith. We all want to be leaders, but nobody wants to be led. Everybody wants to be a leader. I have the answer. I know the best way. I'm a strong person. I'm, I'm strong-willed, and I gotta, I'm headstrong. And I'm, that's great. None of that is wrong. But if we're not willing to be led, then we have all the answers. And I don't know about you. Faith causes me to go, I don't have the answers. Faith causes me, I don't know how to get there, God. Faith causes me to say this. God, I know where you're taking this church. I just don't know how to get it there. Faith causes me to go, hey, God, I know the husband you want me to be, but I'm not naturally that guy. I don't know how to do that. So I need you to put people around me to help me become that. And I need to get in your word and learn how to. See, faith is living with our eyes closed enough to go, all right, God, what's the next step? God, what do I, what, I know what's around me. I know what's in me. I know what I've been through in life. But hey, God, like what's next? God, what do I, how do I treat them? And how do I react to this? And what do I need to do? And all these things. God, what, what, what's next? Hey, God. And see, what that requires to live a life with my eyes closed, that requires me not to be the leader, but for me to be led. That requires for me to get in the word of God, because how can I be led by God when I don't even know God? I know about him. I know what other people have said. I know what the pastors taught me. I know what other people have said. I know enough about God to tell you about what he's done, but I don't know God enough to tell you who he is. What if we got to a place where we said, God, I want to be led? I want to be led, God. I want to be led by you. I want to know you intimately. I want to know you passionately. I want to know you fully. And because I know you, God, now I can walk in who you are. We have to decide. Do we trust what God has said? Or do we trust what we see? It's really only a question that you can answer. Here's, here's another one. Number two, faith is found in, in the first part of 11, uh, chapter 11, verse 6 of Hebrews. And the first part says this, and without faith, it is impossible to please him. Number two, faith pleases God. I thought about it like this this week. Faith is the language of God. Faith is the language of God. It is impossible, impossible to please God if we don't have faith. Why? Faith is nothing more than believing what he said. Faith is nothing more than looking at God and going, hey God, you said in Romans 8, 8 28, that you'll work all things together for the good of those who love God. And so, God, I got some good things and I got some bad things. God, I've got some good times and bad times. I got things to say. I got things I like about the Bible and things I don't like about the Bible, God. And if you're honest, that's everybody that studies the Bible anyway. There's all of that. Hey, God, work all that together for my good. I just want to become who you want. Faith is the language of God. Faith is knowing that it will happen, even if I don't know how it's going to happen. Even if I don't know when it's going to happen. What if you've been praying for something 15 years and it's in year 19 that it takes place? See, we don't know the time. We don't know the place. We don't know how. None of that is up for us to know. Why? His ways are higher and his thoughts are greater. It's not for us to know. It's for us to believe. What has God put in your life? What has God put in your heart? What is God telling you that 2023 can be like? What is God telling you about your family? What is God telling you about your church? What is God nudging you towards? Because watch this. I had a phone call from a guy this week, and God was nudging something in his heart to do. And I said, I just want you to know. He was like, but what if I mess it up? I said, I just want you to know two things. Number one, that's God telling you you need to do it. 
right? So you need to like understand that it's a deeper meaning. God is trusting you with that opportunity for you to steward it well and make sure it happens. And number two, if you mess it up, at least you messed it up trying. Unless you, at least you messed it up being faithful. Faith pleases God. He wants us to be able to walk out and go, you know what, God? I don't know how in the world. Listen, when we started Radiate Church 10 and a half years ago, I don't know how we're going to get there. Standing here with 800 plus people that call this place home, I don't know how we're going to get to thousands of people. I don't know how we're going to reach more kids. I don't know. I don't even know. Listen, we need more space, kids space at Radiate Church right now in Columbia. We need more space. We need uh, money to make ministry happen. We need all this stuff because we got stuff to do. Like we're doing well, we're blessed, we're okay, we're in the black, we're making things happen. But God, we need more space. And I've looked at five different ways, 25 different ways. I don't know where it's at. But watch this. Where I go to first is where I'm grounded. We need things. We need a new building in Florence. We've outgrown our building. Watch this. If I go to you and your approval is what I seek first, when it's gone, I will waver. But if I go to God first and I step out on faith and I know what he said and I'll do what I need to do, I can't help but think it pleases God. I can't help but think that he'll be behind it, which leads me to number three, faith is rewarded. The second part of verse six of chapter 11 is this. He is a rewarder of those who seek him. He's a rewarder. In, in fact, in Matthew chapter 6, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, it says this. It says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. Jesus is talking to a group of people that are stressed out and anxious about what, what do I wear, and how do I live my life, and what do I say, and what do I eat? eat? Jesus, like, if I follow you in this way, I, I don't know where any of that. And Jesus is just going, if you seek me first, and you trust me, I got you. In other words, walk on faith. Believe. Stop trusting yourself more than you trust God. Jesus is saying, we've got this. It's all going to work out. Watch this. Faith is rewarded. Faith is only birthed out of intimacy. Faith is birthed out of intimacy. Here's the problem with the pandemic, epidemic, if you will, of the lack of faith in Christians today. Many of us aren't spending any time with God, and so we can't really trust who He is anyway. When my wife is not around me, when she's at the store, when she's at work, like this weekend, she's taking um, 30 teenagers to Gatlinburg, Tennessee for a youth trip. Her and, I don't know, a bunch of other leaders. Y'all pray for the teenagers, for God to move. But really pray for those leaders, y'all. Yeah. Bunch of middle schoolers and high schoolers are going. It's going to be great. I can trust her whenever I don't see her. Do you know why? I know her. I know her desires. I know her heart. I know her who she is. I know her personality. I know what she likes, what she don't like. I know that when she gets home, I'm going to have the house clean, folds, uh, clothes folded, while dishes washed. I'm going to have that thing. I'm going to have a candle burning. It's going to smell good. She's going to walk in and go, that's great. I already know, right? I'm going to have, you know, uh, it, it, why? Because I know her. I know that she's going to have a good time. I know, I know what those teenagers are going to do that are going to aggravate the ever-living snot out of her. Because I know her. See, watch this. I also know that when she tells me 
this is how we're going to do it, that's how it's going to be done. <laughs> Why? I know her. See, part of the issue is we don't know God. Maybe not all of us, but there's people in the room that struggle with that. And you've built a faith based on what everybody's told you, not based on what you've experienced. And God's going, listen, I want you to know me. See, this isn't a rule book. This is a love letter to get to know him. I can't know God if I don't worship. You know, watch this. You know why worship is so important in the moment of worship? Lifting our hands, singing, uh, singing the songs, all that stuff. It says in the Bible, he is seated in the midst of our praise. When I worship him, he sits down in the middle of my life. His presence shows up. How can I know him if I don't invite his presence in? Faith is birthed from intimacy. So here's what I want you to know today. Some of you, and then we're going to pray. Here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray. We're going to say amen. We're going to stand to our feet. And we're going to respond in worship. We're going to respond in faith in worship. We're going to worship hard. We're going to go in faith and go, God, I don't know what's before me. I don't know what I'm dealing with. But you do. And I speak the name of Jesus over that. But here's the truth. Some of you in the room today, I just need to encourage you. You've dropped your faith. Your shield is laying right there. And I need you to know, it's not, it's not all over the place. It's right where you left it. It's in that one place, that one thing, that one ingredient in your life that, that, that almost took you out and almost disabled you and, 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 it, and it hurt you. And it, it, that where you dropped your faith, that's where it's laying. And God's going, pick your faith back up. Come on, pick your faith back up. You don't have to go through the pain. You don't have to go through the hurt. There's more before you. There's more in front of you. The best is still ahead. There's more for your family. There's more for your marriage. There's more for your life. Pick it up. Let's go for Forward thinking, not backward thinking. Forward thinking. Pick up the shield. I'm tired of the enemy getting it on you. Hey, we got this. We can extinguish the enemy's arrows. Why? Because I have faith. I got faith. There's some people in the room. You just got to pick it back up. You don't have to be perfect. You got to be faithful. You got to try. You got to grab it again and go, let's go, God. I'm ready to press forward. I'm ready to go for what you got in my life. I got faith. If you're ready to give your life to Jesus today, I'm going to pray a prayer, and I'm just going to ask you to repeat it after me in the seat that you're in. And then I'm going to say amen. And when I say amen, I want to, with, with eyes closed, and I'm going to say, did you, if you prayed that prayer, raise your hand. And I want you to raise your hand. And here's why. We have a value. We do life together at Radiate Church. I'm not going to ask you to start a faith journey with Jesus by yourself. I want to pray with you. I want to connect you with people. I want to give you devotions. I want to give you a Bible. I want to give you somebody to talk to and answer questions for with because we don't believe we should do this thing alone. And we want to walk out hard questions with you. And for some of us, your first step is to give your life to Jesus. If you would bow your heads with me today, let's pray. God, I give you my life. If you're ready right now to give your life to Jesus, and start a faith journey with him through the first step of salvation. I just want to encourage you to pray this after me. Lord, I give you my life. Jesus, thank you for giving your life that I can have life. I give you my past and my present. And I repent and I ask for forgiveness. And I ask that you redeem my future. I believe there's more for me in you. 
God, I pray that you would walk with me. Thank you for making room for me at the table today. Jesus, I won't be perfect, but I want to know you. And I want to live for you. And I want to be in an eternal relationship with my Father. And I don't want to stay the same. Jesus, thank you for meeting me where I am, but loving me too much to leave me there. With heads bowed, if you prayed that prayer, and you meant it, you gave your life to Jesus, can I ask you to just raise your hand right where you are today and join others this year that have done the same thing and say, I gave my life to Jesus today and I want to live for him because we want to walk it out with you. Amen. God, thank you for who you are. Go ahead and stand to your feet with me all across this room. God, thank you for who you are. Right now, we're going to speak the name of Jesus and we're not singing a song, but God, we're declaring power and we lift our hands We lift our voices in faith today, ignoring what's around us, but spiritually closing our eyes to be led by the Father.